Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks, it is time for the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Episode 12 of our inaugural year, and well, we just keep rolling along, don't we? I am, of course, the coach, and I am here with my colleague, my co-host, my friend for life, Rusty, who is a man who, frankly, at this point in his life, should know better. Rusty, how are you doing? Uh, well, uh, thank you for that, coach, and you're probably not wrong. I am... A little under the weather, uh, as our Twitter followers know. Uh, I'm dealing with a bit of a deal with a bit of infection uh, that I came down with, and it was ve- it, it, I still am not feeling very well at all. But we're gonna fight through it because uh, we got some fantasy dynasty football to talk about tonight. But uh, but first of all, Rusty, um, where 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 exactly is this infection of yours? Uh, well, the infection's in my mouth, Coach, and. Uh... How how uh, how pray tell did did this infection come about? As well, he says, knowing the answer full well. Uh, well, I can't I can't be absolutely sure, but uh, it's probably a good chance that uh, well, lack of a better term, I took a trip south of the border, Coach. And as we all know, Rusty is a man who, frankly, should know better by now. And not talking about Mexico either, probably. Guess we should have built that wall. And we are into the episode. <laughs> All right. Let's start off at the top. We're a little late this week, so we're just going to jump into some news looking forward. You know what last week looked like. It was a great week if you've held on to Mike Evans, and it was a bad week if you bailed on Mike Evans after two mediocre performances. Mm. But more importantly, Melvin Gordon's come crawling home to San Diego. <laughs> I well, refuse. I refuse to call them by the proper city until they move back. No, no, absolutely not. Um, no, they are still the San Diego Superchargers, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, a funny thing happens, Coach, when uh, you hold out, and then <laughs> your 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 replacement, your backup, uh, <laughs> does better than you ever did as a running back. <coughs> I believe uh, that's called losing all your leverage. Yeah, this is uh, if if Zeke Elliott was the textbook case of how to hold out. Melvin Gordon was the exact opposite. Melvin Gordon did not read that textbook, I believe, Coach. Oh, Melvin Gordon. So let's let's add this up. He lost money. Mm-hmm. He got fined for all the practices and games he missed. Mm-hmm. He lost any and all leverage, and so now he's just going to play out the string and go to free agency. But as you said, he didn't look his backup. Austin Eckler came in and did pretty much exactly what Melvin Gordon does. So if you're Melvin Gordon going into free agency next year, what exactly is your sales pitch? Uh... Even even at his best, Melvin Gordon's value was in touchdowns because he was a mediocre running back, decent as a receiver. But he managed to get into the end zone a lot because they always just managed to score touchdowns in San Diego. Mm hmm. If he doesn't have the touchdowns, though, going forward, he's a running back who can't break four yards per carry behind a pretty solid offense and doesn't, you know, that's, you know, that's it. 
Yeah. You look at all these guys coming out there, four fives, five yards of carry. That's where you got to be these days if you want to get paid. And so, and I mean, even when he was holding out, the Chargers said, hey, if anybody wants to trade for him and pay him, he's yours. Nobody stepped up to the plate. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll see how much money, you know, Miami gives him or Tampa or one of those teams that's desperately needing a running back. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm curious to see what happens this year, because uh, uh, you've seen Coach Anthony Lynn saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, once he's back and ready to go, he's a starting running back." I'm thinking, oh, "Are we sure about that, Coach? Are you just trying to feed us a line, like all NFL coaches?" You know, there's an old saying uh, there, Coach. That how can you tell when an NFL head coach is lying? It's when his lips are moving. The thing is, we could be looking at. Sort of the, the thing that uh, Le'Veon Bell was trying to avoid last year where, well, if they know he's not coming back and they know they're not going to re-up him at whatever money he wants, mm-hmm. well, then the Chargers might as well just run him into the ground. Yeah. You know, they've they've got no incentive to keep him healthy or, you know, not uh, overwhelmed. So they might as well. They got, um, they got Eckler and Jackson just waiting there. Uh, they don't – you're right. Do they, they don't need Melvin Gordon. They just do not need him. They've got two guys who might be better than Melvin Gordon. I I would say they're they're not demonstrably worse. No. Huh. So Gordon's going to play out the string, go somewhere else next year. We'll see what happens. Hopefully you weren't too heavily invested in your fantasy leagues with Gordon. Um, now we'll see what he does coming back. He's probably going to end up with a bunch of touchdowns, and he's going to end up not doing much else. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go to another team where – Maybe the line's not as good or whatever, get paid a lot more money than he should, and spend the rest of his career in mediocrity. Yep. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Melvin Gordon, glad to have you back. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So when you play fantasy football, you have a lot of decisions to make when it comes to building your team, you know, assessing trades, looking at the draft crop. And every now and then, you're going to be wrong, even – even your old coach here, sometimes I'm wrong. You know, when you're right 60% of the time, you're still wrong 40% of the time. I just like to use even numbers. I'm not saying 60% is your being right because uh, you are a 174-time fantasy champion and all, but still, we can't win them all. I was just listening close to make sure your two percentages actually added up to 100. Wait, they did? <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah, so... I would like to own up to being completely wrong about something. And through three weeks of the regular season, I was completely wrong about this year's rookie class. I was saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did everybody hear that? I'm just making sure we're recording. I want to make sure we get it. I will say it again for posterity. I appear to have been possibly incorrect in my assessment of this year's rookie class. Well, see. Admitting you have a problem is the first step, Coach. That's very good. Yep. Although, I will say I was not as particularly high on this class either, so it's not like I have a, a, a pulpit or a, a glass house to throw stones at. But, um, yeah, the, the I'm, who saw this coming? Certainly not you. Uh, not not <laughs> me. I mean, we, we've seen performances, you know, that, frankly, we didn't expect. We talked last week about the wide receivers. Now, you know, uh, DK Metcalf, who I loved coming into this year, is just a freak. Not necessarily as a performer this year, but as a guy you want to have for, for the future. You know, he's performing. 
Scary Terry McLaurin. Scary is- Terry McLaurin is my man. I have I have a lot of shares in him because I like this guy. Even if he's on the Washington professional football team, um, my goodness, I might even be starting him this week. Yeah, you just might. Um, Nicole Hardiman, you know, he is that ridiculous deep threat. Whether there's going to be the consistency in catches, we'll have to see. But who knows? It's you know, Preston Williams still catching the ball. Hollywood Brown is catching the ball. The wide receivers have delivered. And then you look at the running backs, which I thought was going to be a really difficult, you know, crop to get any value out of this year. Aside from Josh Jacobs, who has delivered. He's been solid, not necessarily spectacular. But he's doing what you would expect from a guy who, in all likelihood, went one-one in your in your dynasty fantasy league. Mm-hmm. David and, Montgomery's doing well. Uh, well, where I you're mean, going next. as good as anybody can do in that Chicago Bears offense. Ooh. That's uh, they're 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 not playing up to what people seem to have expected they would do, which, admittedly, for me, wasn't all that much. Mm. Even Miles Sanders. There's oh, things sorry, to be but... there, sorry, there. There are some things to be encouraged about there. Of uh, to be to be sure. So I think if you know the folks who did grab Montgomery because he was actually jumping over Jacobs in some leagues uh, towards the, the end there as the season got closer. Uh, I don't think you cut bait on him just yet because I think there's a lot to be encouraged about. I think they just Mitchell Trubisky needs to stop sucking so bad and uh, try to be a quarterback and maybe uh, maybe the, the what do they say about a rising tide lifts all boats, coach? I'm really just metaphor. I am clearly on a lot of medication, and I'm just relying on terrible metaphors. So I'm just, I'm going to shut up and let you do some analysis for a while, coach. <laughs> All right. Well, we saw Miles Sanders last week put up over a hundred yards for the for the Eagles. We saw actually tonight. We are taping during the first half of this week's Thursday night game, and he's put up a few more yards. Had a great run back on a punt. By the way, so if you he- were panicking on Devontae Adams, you're not panicking anymore. He is having himself a half. Yep. He's almost doubled his season total. <laughs> but anyway, we're not recapping tonight's game. We'll get to that later. You know, And then Devin Singletary has had very limited touches and tweaked a hammy, but he's looked, he's looked dynamic in those limited touches. You know, and then we get to, you know, we've seen uh, TJ Hawkinson. When he's shown up, he's looked amazing. The Lions have not used him consistently. Oh. Oh, and then we've wow. got we've got the quarterbacks. The, hold we, on, we've got... the the Detroit Lions are not using people correctly. I know what I is know. going on. I know what you're thinking, and you are correct that. Well, you can't you can't change the De- the Detroit Lions. They're always going to break your heart. They're always going to disappoint. Mm-hmm. And then at quarterback, we've got Kyler Murray, who's living up to expectations. Uh, you know he's. He's he's still they're playing a very careful short game with him. He's not airing it out. He's not super running the ball, and that's okay. But he's putting up yards, and he more importantly, if you drafted Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald, he's making them wide receivers worth starting on a weekly basis. And of course, then there's the miracle, Gardner Minshaw. This guy, <laughs> what 178th pick in the draft. A guy who was destined for a couple years of backup status, then kicking around the league for maybe a couple more, and then, you know, heading home to run a ranch somewhere. Now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL week one, you know, after the first week of the season. And he's he's delivering. Not 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 spectacular, but high efficiency, high accuracy. That's that's what you want to see from your rookie quarterbacks. 
You know, too many guys, even some of the greats, terrible accuracy, terrible decision-making. You know, and considering Minshaw's in an offense where he's not surrounded by a ton of talent. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have, uh, you know, a world-class wide receiver to throw to. He's got Leonard Fournette leading the backfield. He's not surrounded by talent, but he's still getting the job done. I'd be curious to see where he goes hmm. up from here. But, and, can we can we talk about his fashion sense? Like, uh, if you want to talk about quarterbacks with fashion sense, don't talk about Cam Newton. Like, we talk about Gardner Minshew for a moment. Like, this this guy is living the dream. He he is he is styling like he's slipped out of the 1970s. Like his closet was inspired by Burt Reynolds, you know, the mustache inspired by <laughs> Burt Reynolds too potentially. He yeah. he seems like a throwback to a to an era that never really existed, and it's delightful. It is absolutely amazing. But we are going to talk about this. We're going to wrap up this little brief look at the rookie class with the biggest surprise of all, the biggest <laughs> I may have been mistaken of all. So if you listened to our first few episodes, and we know you did because we've seen the numbers, we made fun of the New York Giants and their selection of Daniel Jones, the quote-unquote quarterback from Duke. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we have now seen one start from Daniel Jones. Admittedly, not a great opponent. Tampa Bay, very beatable team. And he beat them. He took them to the woodshed. he, He put up the numbers. He performed. He ran himself into the own zone. He threw into the end zone. He did it all. I think the thing that was most impressive to see was he's got he's got that new kind of mobility where he's not necessarily a Michael Vick running all over the field, but he can, you know, when he needs to go get 10, 15 yards, he'll go get it. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that was stunning. <laughs> that was uh we might have been wrong on this one, but I, I, the only thing is it really pains me because does that mean the New York Giants were actually right? I mean, they don't. I mean, only didn't. time will tell. It's the first start. There's limited tape on the guy. It was Tampa that's clearly not very good. I mean, Tampa had the chance to win the game, and they somehow managed to screw it up in multiple ways. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not getting too too deep into the Tampa Bay thing, but. You know, Daniel Jones, we laughed, we joked, we said we'll look forward to him converting to tight end in a couple of years before washing out of the CFL. Nah, he's the starting quarterback of your New York football giants. Uh, stranger things are happening, coach. And as we uh, as we throw to a break here, I just want to give a little tease. I wonder if there are any other fantasy-related stories about the New York Giants. We'll talk about that after the break. All right, we are back with part two of episode 12 of the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Uh, Rusty here, got the coach with me as well. Uh, you know, we ended up, ta- we ended the last segment talking about uh, the New York Football Giants. So let's stay with the New York Football Giants for a while. Uh, and uh, coach, was there. We were, I think, asking before the break, uh, was there significant news involving the New York Football Giants this week? I can't remember. Well, you mean besides the elevation of Daniel Jones to New York dominance? Well, I, I think yeah, Danny Dimes. We've already talked. I think we already ta- figured that part out. But uh, 
Oh yeah, it weird. was that Saquon Barkley done got broked. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that one is a painful one that is going to be felt throughout the fantasy community for a while because we it's a high ankle sprain. Uh, we're looking at four to eight weeks. You know, probably more toward the late, the the longer te- part of that uh, that range typically for that injury. He's hot. You saw him hobbling on the crutches after Daniel Jones did his thing. Um, that's a lot of people who took him 1-1 in redraft leagues or 1-1 in startup uh, dynasty leagues or folks who've had him uh, are probably not happy people right now. And hopefully you have some backup. Uh, and I'm not talking about Wayne stupid Gallman. Can we please stop trying to make Wayne Gallman a thing? It's never going to be a thing uh, to steal one of your lines there, coach. Um, but that kind of uh, let me get your thoughts on this, coach. First, before we go on to our next segment, which is going to be still about Saquon Barkley. But um, what do you do now if you're a Saquon Barkley owner? All right, here's what I'm going to say, and this is why we're actually going to roll this into our "Who Says No" featurette, because you're going you might be tempted to make a deal, or if you're in a smart fantasy league. The vultures are coming out for Saquon Barkley. Hell, oh, the vultures you might be the vulture out. that's coming out for Saquon Barkley. <laughs> if you have Saquon Barkley in a dynasty league, unless somebody makes the kind of offer to you, the, the greatest of godfather offers, you just sit there tightly. You don't move Saquon Barkley. You wait four weeks. You wait five weeks. You wait six weeks. You wait seven weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it takes. You wait, and you wait with Barkley. Am I right? You are right. Who says no <laughs> to that? Um, well, I know some people who would probably do that kind of thing, but that's the kind of guy, if you have that guy in your league, you got to take advantage of it because now's the time to get him. If, if you got that guy who's panicking, and we'll get to our panic segment in a second. Spoiler alert, we're not panicking on Saquon Barkley. It is what it is. Uh, but if you've got that guy in the league, you got to get it because someone's going to get it, and you got to be the one to get it. Absolutely, get Saquon Barkley. Pardon? Get it or be gotten. Absolutely, Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. So simple as that, and you don't want to miss out on that. You don't want to give that away. You're a fool if you give it away. Mm-hmm. Simply, simple as that. So. Don't panic. Well, no, sorry. That's the next segment. Say no. (laughs) Who says no? Everybody who owns Saquon Barkley should be saying no. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're lucky enough that you can find that one moron that'll say yes, then you take Saquon Barkley as fast as you can. That's right. All right. Moving on to the final segment of the night. As we enjoy a surprisingly decent Thursday night football game. Yeah, this is quite entertaining for once. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Is it Thursday night? Yep. Huh. You need to cut back on the meds there, buddy. It's uh, Thursday night. So many meds. All right, so we're gonna talk about the panic segment and uh yeah, like knowing the way some of you built some of the way you've built your teams there, Rusty, I'm thinking maybe the painkillers would help because in the because you got Todd Gurley in way too many of your leagues, don't you? Uh, I do. I do. And the only reason I'm not hyperventilating right now uh, and going on a rant is, 
well, because of the aforementioned drugs, I believe. Um, it, I believe it is time to pull the panic shoot on Todd Gurley now, uh, because now, this week, it was like, you know, bleeding in this week, there, it was the Malcolm Brown getting, you know, getting some run, getting some love. Um, he really didn't get the ball much this week. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of snap share. Uh, part of this, I want to believe part of this is that Sean McVay is getting too cute for his own good. Uh, but it is still concerning what we're seeing. Uh, and what we're seeing is that we're not seeing a whole lot out of Todd Gurley right now. They're not using him in the passing game. I do not understand that. I don't know if this is because of the knee or because, you know, the Rams got exposed or the Rams are trying to be too cute and not adjusting. It's all adding up to Todd Gurley. Maybe it's a good battle. Okay. I don't know, coach. I don't, I don't know what to think. I'm very concerned about him. Um, <clears throat> I'm not quite ready to sell him off yet, but um, I am actually considering him when leagues where I have options, I am considering benching him this week. I mean, <laughs> wow. I, I don't know if you're so sh- if you're so shocked, Coach, that you uh, don't know what to say or you lost your voice or what's going on, but <laughs> folks, I killed him. I believe I killed him. There we go. Oh, sorry. I keep get, I keep having to hit the cough button, and apparently that time I left it on. So here here's my thought on on Todd Gurley, is I got I had, a, I had some shares of him, like you know, like any good fantasy football owner would across leagues, and I got out of it because the, this arthritis thing is just scary. I mean, in real life, arthritis sucks. I know people who have it. I know how how it affects. Now we're talking about a running, an elite running back in his 20s who's got an arthritic knee. You know, if, if it's a hamstring, we know what hamstrings are going to do. If it's a busted knee ligament, we know what that looks like. Even in Achilles, we're starting to get a better idea of what that means. Mm-hmm. Arthritis is just like, you know, are we ever going to see him be good enough again? You know, can you recover from arthritis. I don't I don't think you can. I think you can mitigate it. But and the the problem is given that this is the the modern NFL, this is Bill Belichick's NFL. We are never going to really know what the situation in, uh, is on any given day. Oh, heck no. Like, so, he, like he he may not even have a knee for all we know. They they've replaced it with some sort of strange crazy bionic knee kind of thing or who knows. Like he he could literally have had it like had a horse knee put in there and we would not know because they, they don't share that kind of stuff exactly so not only then are you banking on a player whose health you can't trust but you don't know if you're ever going to know the truth about his situation mm. so why you know why would you want to get involved with that like i said there's injuries that you can recover from this isn't an injury this is this is a ultimately a degenerative condition you know this is like guys who have back issues you can't fix the back. You just hope the hell it doesn't break. Yeah. See, to me, I'm willing to take the risk on the arthritis, but it's harder for me to take the risk of the arth- on the arthritis when there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on there, too, for all the things I was talking about. For now, you've got questionable injury situation and things going on around him which are not helping him either. Now you yeah. ha- that's, the, that's a recipe for a low-end LB2. So to put the pin in this, in this part of the segment, if you've got Todd Gurley – you are more than welcome to panic right now. 
All right. So that's my panic. Um, All right. We'll be my panic. <laughs> Let's get to your panic, which may be my, partly my panic too. I think this is this is a little bit of everybody's panic, and my panic this week is the 2019 Cleveland Browns. <sighs> this obviously this team was way overhyped for what they were coming into this season, but I think it's because. Ultimately, this team was such a sad sack and such a depressing disappointment for so many years, you know, that everybody want everybody wants them to be good. Mm. And they showed they showed a glimmer last year. Baker Mayfield looked great in his rookie season. Nick Chubb looked great in his rookie season. Jarvis Landry is a talent. They brought in Odell Beckham. You know, David Njoku was coming along as a as a tight end. There was some not only NFL potential, but fantasy potential here. And so far through the first three games of the season, disappointment. Mm, uh, Baker Mayfield not living up to the hype. Three touchdowns and five interceptions through three games. That ain't going to cut it. Now, Odell Beckham, he's getting his, right? mm, He's he's averaging close to 100 yards a game, 90-something yards per game. We'll take that right now for... For a team that's generally disappointing. Um, Jarvis Landry. 10 catches for 161 yards. Through three games. Just as a in the moment stat. What's. Uh, what is Devontae Adams looking like tonight? Uh, he is looking pretty good. Uh, I, I don't really know why. I don't have the game. Maybe I was looking for more medication. Eight uh, catches for problem. 158 yards on the night. Oof. So. That, you know, now he's having a great game, but he's having Jarvis Landry's first three games. And, I mean, I love me some Jarvis Landry. When he was with Miami, and I don't know why he got out of Miami. I mean, I think he was obviously smart to end up out of Miami, and <laughs> he got paid. But, you know, he went from being a guy who was a 100-catch-per-season hundred threat to, I mean, I'm not even, at this point, I don't even know if he's a wide receiver three you know, he's probably sitting at wide receiver four waiting for Mayfield to come around. Mm-hmm. So, Ugh. and then we've got Njoku's hurt. That ain't helping things. Nick Chubb has been okay, but he hasn't had that sort of big, exciting moment that we saw from him last week. So, mm-hmm. you're basically taking the top five fantasy players on a team that was expected to be a significant fantasy factor and only one of them is performing close to expectations. Yeah, it's very, very concerning. I've, I've, it makes me want to channel uh, the late Dennis Green uh, when he talked about the Bears. Actually, playing the background right now because it just is such a great quote about the whole "We are who they thought they were." Yep. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in preseason? I love Dennis Green. R.I.P. They are you know, who we I thought they were. I, I'm still not sure if that tops playoffs. Playoffs? But uh, when we're talking about ridiculous coaching rants, that is at least top three. Because Mike Gundy's, I'm a man, I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is just epic for at least I know what Jim Mora and Denny Green were talking about. I still don't really get what Mike Gundy was going for, <laughs> but he's got the sweet mullet flow. He's coaching down there in the 
in the great state of Oklahoma. So why not? Say what you want, buddy. But let's let's tie it back. Cleveland has been disappointing. I don't think you want to sell off because I feel like once they write the ship, they're going to turn it around. <laughs> they just got to get that ship right, which is it, it, part of its coaching, part of its Baker Mayfield need to smarten up. Uh, but it, it is it, they are underperforming, and that is a concern for a lot of people who bought a lot of the hype and have a lot of shares in Cleveland Brown players. They are not they are not helping you right now. Yeah. So you know, if this, I would say, again, if we're going to talk from the smart fantasy owner sense, feel out the guy who has Nick Chubb right now. See see how he's feeling, and maybe there's a a, a deal to swipe. I don't think you're going to get OBJ undervalued. Baker Mayfield, maybe you can snake him. Uh, if you can, grab those guys and hold on to them because their value in the long run is obviously going to be going to be much better. Hey, coach. Un- yep. What, what, how are you feeling about Nick Chubb right now in that one league, in our Alpha League? Oh, I'm disappointed. Oh, what, what, Not, what, what would it take to get him? Uh, you know what? We already did a big deal last <laughs> week. Yeah, we don't want to send the league, the league in a shock. Yeah, the league where we did the Dalvin Cook for Michael Thomas trade. That's our Alpha. That's where we started. I'm not trading you Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's worth a shot. We almost did it last year. Just saying. Yep. We all, we almost had a crazy fun deal. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the things that make us panic. And right now, it should not be too much of the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to an end to the end of episode 12 of season one of the Fantasy Domination podcast. You gave us 30 minutes. We're going to give you a championship. So go out there and dominate. That's right. And and don't forget, you can hit us up on the Twitter and other places to you know ask us questions or whatnot. Where can you find us in those uh, wonderful places, Coach? We are at, on Twitter, we are at the FD Pod. We are all on the internet at <laughs> fdpodcast.com. And you can email us at fantasydominationpodcast at gmail.com. As always... Hit us up anytime. Twitter's the easiest. You can hit us up. We'll give you advice. You want to know, who do I start? Who do I bench? Who do I trade? Just send us a tweet. We'll help you out. That's what we're here for. The only thing we care about is helping you to dominate. And if you have any uh, recommendations on some good antibiotics, I will happily take those suggestions as well. It's a pretty nasty thing I got going on here, Coach. And ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has been a production of Harpoon Media. Oh, thank you.